Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. This is Charles Preston speaking from city of Puebla, Mexico, special place. We have Puebla in one direction and Cholula in the opposite direction, both very close, right in the center. This evening I started watching with Kristen a beautiful film about Jesus of Nazareth from the 1970s. Yes, Franco Zeffirelli, the great Italian director. It's a masterpiece. And what's beautiful about this edition, the, the Passion, is it starts before the birth of Yeshua. It starts with young Mary and Joseph living in that, what some today would call a primitive way of life. I don't. I do not. I feel it's quite the opposite, actually, from the point of view of soul. I feel we are currently living in a primitive culture right now. There is obviously, unless you're hiding in a cave, meditating away from all the nonsense, the media, and especially social media, then you know what I'm saying is true. It's not to say the times were perfect. No, the Romans occupied Palestine and what we now refer to as Israel. So it was far from perfect, <laughs> and yet there is an element of soul that I, I love about this time period. Of course, it's the period that produced the great master, the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. It had to be so. Go back to the conception, the immaculate conception Young Mary is visited by a messenger, an angel. At first she is tentative, she's hesitant, even scared. Then the messenger lets her know that he has come directly from God with wonderful news. <laughs> 
it had to be at a time like this when people were more pious, life was more slow, deliberate. One of my favorite lines from Joseph is when he is teaching young boys to carve and you know, to work with their hands. He says, to master your craft is freedom. Once you've attained that mastery with your hands, and you know how to use your hands, then you are free. No one can take advantage of you. No one can control you. You are free. And imagine, imagine Joseph's humility, what was required of Joseph because when he first was told the news by Mary, of course he jumped to conclusions. He had to, even at that time, any time. A man is going to feel jealousy, and in this case sorrow. He knew that she was a virgin. At this time virginity was mm, upheld and, and honored and perished. This is what made the young lady so pure, virginal. She's a virgin. Yes, she is virginal. There's a purity and innocence. This has been lost today. Again, have we advanced? Are we more progressive? No. Breaks my heart to see what has happened to the young maidens today. They've been brainwashed, in my view. Remember, I was born in the 60s, <laughs> before this movie was made. So I know that time. I, I can remember, I, I felt it as a child, in my adolescence. There was still that element of purity. It's long before the technological age came in, it's only beginning to come in in the 70s and 80s, really. And now, what has happened? And young men, are they using their hands now? Like we did growing up? I was playing outdoors most of the time, even in the winter in Canada. <laughs> With our hands, we were playing sports, making things. <laughs> yeah, sometimes destroying things, but using our hands. We weren't on a computer, because there were none. <laughs> there were no video games. Uh, and when I became a teenager, the closest thing to a video game was a pinball machine or a pool table. Yeah, so I had to go to a pinball hall, an arcade or a pool hall. Sometimes they had both in the same establishment. And yes, and use my hands. There was a certain skill required to play pinball, and even more skill to to be, uh, you know, efficient and <laughs> skilled in in pool or snooker. I, I played snooker as a young lad. Yeah, larger table, smaller pockets. It was meditation. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I think what Joseph was 
sing has many layers. There's a freedom, first on the basic survival level, when, when a man can build and create things with his hands, and a woman too, of course. Traditionally, women had certain skills that they were proficient at with their hands, and men had other skills, often skills that required more brawn, you know, more muscle. Nevertheless, both could attain a certain level of mastery that they were free from financial constraints and thus uh, you know, dictators and then uh, greedy landowners and, and totalitarian <laughs> regimes and such. Yeah, we see it today. I'm, I'm always kind of in awe because I wasn't raised this way when I meet various brothers on my travels over the years who have those type of skills. Carpentry, for example. A good carpenter can always find work anywhere, <laughs> any season. And even when the economy is collapsing, <laughs> Carpenters are always valued and have value. I digress. There is a meditative quality in that working with our hands, baking our own bread, taking care of the horses and the cattle, milking the cows, thousand and one things that we used to know is in our DNA. How to build a, a house. Every man had to learn this. And it was one of the greatest accomplishments, I believe, in, in a man's life, especially when he's building a home for his wife and family. How satisfying to build your family home with your own two hands. And this is what I feel is at the very core of the rapture, the great awakening that all of us are foreseeing, the prophets among us at least are seeing and feeling this, this revival that's come upon us. Yes, it's always darkest before the dawn. We see it all around, this insane push for transgender confusion, non-binary gender dysphoria, <laughs> terms that I did not ever hear growing up, <laughs> ever. Pride month, there was no such thing when I was growing up. A whole month dedicated to well, in the Bible, biblical terms, it, it is referred to as depravity, as blasphemy. Yeah, these are <laughs> pretty strong words. 
I grew up in Toronto. Toronto had then and still, I imagine, has a, a very lo- large gay population, gay and lesbian population. I was witness to that. Um, some of my friends were, were gay or bisexual. Fascinating. <laughs> um, I was not exposed to it in my childhood. I'm happy for that. Um, except that around the age of 14, 15, I was stalked by older men. And I had no idea. That's the downside. <laughs> uh, I had no awareness whatsoever about groomers and stalkers. It was beyond my imagination at the tender age of 14, or around 15, that an older man, someone perhaps around my father's age, could have sexual feelings, sexual attraction for me. Do I regret that I was not prepared and warned about homosexual predators as a young lad, as an adolescent boy? No, I have no regrets. (laughs) Especially when I see what is happening today, I'm... I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad that I was raised in a way that I was able to maintain a certain level of innocence and naivete, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's part of the beauty of life. We have to move through these stages of development from early childhood to puberty, adolescence, into manhood or womanhood, as the case may be. And, and there's, it doesn't help to, to skip any stage or to condense it somehow, compress it, so we can move ahead. It does not help. In fact, it's more of a hindrance. can, can cause all kinds of problems. And for me, innocence is key, because this ties in with the the rebirth, which I'll come back to momentarily, to be born again in Christ. So there was a certain level of innocence, I believe, in the time, certainly the way I've seen it and read it, depicted in books and films, there was a piousness that God and religion were were strong and central to community. And certainly among the the simple folk, the Romans, of course, yeah, there's definitely corruption on that side of the story, on that side of the fence, especially with the the more affluent, the generals and the, the merchants and so on. No, their debauchery. <laughs> yes, debauchery has been around forever too. So, 
Mary and Joseph are both able to, to receive the news, and to play their part because of their faith in God and trusting the messenger doing their best to uphold God's decree, God's will. So my question to you, dear listener, is how do you perceive the rapture, the golden era, rebirth, to be born again? What does that mean? These are very good questions. I feel essential questions that we all need to hold space perhaps as they were doing at that time in Galilee and Nazareth preparing the way it was prophesied it was in the prophecies that the Messiah would come at this time and he did <laughs> for me to be born again means this. It means to be born into innocence. It also means that we must die. We must die to the past, who we were. I've experienced this in my life, personally. It's profound. For me, it's happened in stages, too, after the, the initial awakening in 1996 to die, whether physical or spiritual, call it what you will, gives us the opportunity to be reborn, as in heaven, heaven on earth. What are we being born into? Certainly in the case of Christ, to be born again in Christ, to give oneself fully, 100% to Jesus, to the cross, to God, and is, at the very least, in my view, to taste something, to experience something of the divine, of heaven on earth. Call it grace, if you will. Every moment pregnant with insight, with inspiration, opportunity. Opportunity to grow even more fully in God's light, God's love, such that the love is overflowing. And we have no choice. Then we, one has the opportunity to grow even with more fullness, overflowing love and light as a vessel for God, for God's love, that we have no choice then but to share. Call it evangelism or simply being a messenger. We each have our role to play then in furthering this, this rapture, because it is rapturous, it is exquisite joy to be shared. It's happening. 
There's no need to resist or judge. Try it on for size. <laughs> Perhaps heaven is closer than we know. I believe, I believe this is always the case, because when it happens, it happens. It may seem, until it happens, it may seem like a long, drawn-out, dark night of the soul type experience. And then it happens. Boom. We're in it. The rapture. Well, there is a catch. To be in it, we have to be actively waiting for it, to receive it. It does not grace everyone. And this is an important distinction. It's not because God judges anyone as more deserving than another. No. It is called free will. We get to choose. You get to choose. I get to choose. We all get to decide for ourselves. Glory to God. What a beautiful gift. <laughs> to, choose, <laughs> to choose God is the ultimate choice. And really God has given us free will so that we can choose to acquiesce to God's will. Do you see the irony? When I first got it, some time ago, I, I laughed out loud. God gave us free will so that we can decide not to use it, at least not to use our rational mind to surrender that to the greater intelligence, which is the Holy Spirit. And then the rapture is blissful. For others who have not made this commitment, who are not prepared, haven't prepared the way, then it can be not so blissful. In fact, the Bible calls it something else, which is the tribulation. Yes, the tribulation. It's not a pleasant word, is it? In fact, it's kind of the opposite of the rapture. I think it's worth returning to these poetic words of Joseph speaking to the young men about self-mastery, learning a craft, using your own hands. A man who's mastered some form of manual labor, craftsmanship, is free. I spoke about the physical aspect, material aspect. He or she has a skill that is always of value. There's always a need for that skill, supply and demand. So they never have to worry about money, really, material comforts. However, there is a greater freedom, I feel, that Joseph is referring to, and that is of the mind and the spirit. Because to achieve self-mastery, in my view, whether it is carpentry or playing an instrument, a musician, 
requires patience, commitment, to the extent that that person will become meditative by default. Yes, for me, mastery, self-mastery is to master the mind. I was fooled, I was mistaken growing up, like many of my peers, to believe that meditation was something I had to do in silence, sitting, full lotus, <laughs> or at least in a seated position for hours every day, saying nothing, doing nothing, simply breathing, and focusing my awareness on the breath. Yeah, if that's something you feel guided to do, all power to you, blessed be. Never really worked for me. It's not that I can't appreciate silence, because I do. And after a more active form of meditation, such as kundalini yoga, dance, spontaneous movement, qigong, a good jam session, playing music, improvised music. I got into contact improv for many years, really seriously into it. I loved it. After that more dynamic, active meditation, because for me, anything is meditation when the mind is still. The conscious mind has come to a place of stillness. And we are in that spontaneous flow what professional athletes call the zone, yes? And afterwards then, to come to a place of silence, stillness, whether sitting or lying down, reclining, it is beautiful because the silence continues. And this is why I say that the more important freedom that Joseph is referring to in those words of wisdom to the young men. The primary freedom is that, freedom from the rational mind, freedom from distraction, inner peace, which is grace, which is God. To receive God, we need to be still within. Otherwise, there's, there's, a, there's a fluctuation, like a hemorrhaging. <laughs> like, you know, with the old-fashioned radios, the radio dial, yeah, I grew up with. <laughs> uh, trying to find that perfect frequency where the voice locks in, like the voice of God, the presence of God. It's all static until we get to that place of mm, locked to adjust the antenna perhaps <laughs> yeah it's like that with God isn't it and the best part is it's natural we are wired for this so in conclusion I'm teasing you <laughs> Dear listener, <laughs> inviting you to consider the prophecies, to consider my words. Perhaps I'm right, perhaps I'm wrong. Either way, 
I feel that it is wise to make peace with God, surrender, ask God's forgiveness, for we have all strayed from the path, we have all sinned, each and every one of us. God knows this, God knows all, he is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, you cannot hide from God. <laughs> That was another moment where I really got that <laughs> laughing and probably more than a few moments I had to remember that a few times growing up that one cannot hide from God what's the point of trying and yet we do we hide and so God through one of his representatives on earth devised the, the confessional booth <laughs> for those who are, are somewhat shy feeling some shame and want to reveal their sins in private in the dark here at the Jesus Kirtan ministry we are very much holding space for you for all of our community to offer confession in private, if you wish, one-on-one, one-on-two, in a group setting, since we're creating virtual prayer circles. For we all know that confession is key key part of the rebirth process. We have to prepare ourselves. Why not now? Why wait? Prepare yourself now. Repent. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. Don't hesitate to contact us here in the public forum on our social media or in private, you can send us a private message. We'll be happy to receive your feedback and any questions that you might have. In Jesus' name, my closing prayer is that we may all know something of heaven on earth, this moment or the next. For I know even to have a glimpse of heaven to be touched by the grace of God is the most blissful experience that I have ever known. More blissful than a beautiful sunset over the Pacific Ocean. More blissful than the morning dew in the garden, on the leaves and the grass. Yes, these things are beautiful in and of themselves, nature, and can be blissful when infused with the Holy Spirit. Thus, to know God is to know true peace. I pray for peace for myself, my, my beloved, and all beings. We may know deep love and peace within our hearts and share it with the world. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be. We thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode. We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Sat now.